No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mendel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Good early evening, Winnipeg. Good early evening, Manitoba. And for all of those joining us live, wherever you are joining us live from on the interweb, good early evening to you and welcome to another edition of the Illegal Curve post-game show, the 23rd edition of the Illegal Curve post-game show, to be specific. The Ginsburg Manuke experience, that's what we're if calling it. If you've forgotten who we are from four hours ago or six hours ago, I am Dave Manuke. He's my main man, Ezzy Ginsburg. Drew Allow me to not, reintroduce myself. Is not part of this experience. This is, as Ezzy just touched on, the Manuke Ginsburg experience. And we are here to discuss the Jets putting an end to their losing streak. They say goodbye. They say hello to Connor Bedard and they say goodbye to Connor Bedard because the Jets pick up a big and a much needed win over the Chicago Blackhawks three to one. Ezra, how are you? It's been a long time. I am good. Yeah. It's been, uh, what has it been? Six or seven hours since we signed off on the morning show. Yeah. It was a little bit too close for comfort, Dave. We were joking that, you know, it kind of had a little bit similar feeling to the Edmonton game where the Jets were hanging on to that one goal lead. But obviously, you know, the Jets get the insurance marker. Uh, you know, I'm I'm surprised that, you know, they didn't get more goals. Like Soderbaum played pretty well. But like yeah. starting, uh, you know, towards the end of that first period going into the second period, it was all Jets. Like that middle frame, mm-hmm. I mean, the Jets outplayed the Hawks just as bad as they've outplayed anybody this year, to be honest with you. Yeah. So give give the Hawks credit. Like, you know, great for Jets fans and Hawks fans to see Connor Bedard, Bedard live for the first time in Winnipeg. Saw mm-hmm. some Regina Pats jerseys in the crowd. You were there for the first couple periods at uh, Canada Life, Dave. So, yeah, look, I mean, Chicago definitely is a more respectable team now just for the simple fact that they have Connor Bedard now, right? Like, mm-hmm. And this team is definitely not making the playoffs. I mean, no. unless they, they win every single game that's remaining on their schedule. <laughs> but uh, I don't think anybody expects that to happen. But, yeah, give the Jets credit, right? Like, I thought the first six or seven minutes were pretty sluggish and the Jets didn't have a lot of possession. Um, and then obviously, you know, they kind of, as I mentioned, they kind of took over in the second half of that first period. So you, you got to love what Shifley, Connor and Ehlers did. Obviously, you know, Perfetti gets the beautiful goal. We'll get into that in the Betway game recap, but I think, and Morgan Barron gets a, a goal on the fourth line on his birthday, on his birthday, happy 25th birthday to, to Morgan. He was at, uh, rumors yesterday and taking in some stand up comedy. We've been reliably informed by drew that he was at rumors. So obviously he got the IC rumors bump, Dave. He did get well, and we spoke about him today, of course, on the show. So, I mean, that's that's generally the icy bump. Hey, we talked about Declan Chisholm. He picks up his first ever point in the NHL. Looked, I thought, extremely good, extremely comfortable. I suspect he's not coming out of the lineup on Monday. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll have to find out. But the reality, <laughs> plan the parade. LB says they beat the Jets. Beat Chicago. Is that Lauren Brassois? I, I don't know. Maybe Lauren Brassois is in I the chat. I thought he'd still would... be in the dressing room or still at the arena, but he's watching the show. Nice. <laughs> I guess he could be watching the show from the dressing room, right, Dave? Well, I would hope. I mean, you know, we, Drew apparently had that experience today where someone was, he was in line with someone and they were literally watching the show while they were in line with Drew somewhere. So uh, that does tend to happen. But look, I think it was an important game for the Jets. It was, as you touched on, as, and we'll get into it when we kick off the recap. I mean, it was definitely a, a low event first period. It was a bit of a yep. sleepy start for, for both teams, I thought. Um, obviously, Chicago got, you know, I think it was either their first or second shot on goal where they scored. 
and we know who scored, and we'll talk about that, of course, when the recap begins. But to me, it was just kind of a ho-hum first, you know, period. And like I said, I think shots were 7-6 or something in that, that nature. It was a very low uh, event. And then and there were a couple of chances, don't get me wrong. And Kyle Connor seems to be a bit snake bit right now. He's had a number of great A's. And one player who I thought throughout the course of this game, but for I think probably three times in the first 10 minutes of that hockey game, I thought was was making some excellent passes was Nikolai Ehlers. I mean, Absolutely. Nikolai Ehlers, yeah. I had said, you know, a number of times during that, you know, I tweeted, I should say, which are simply my observations, but I said, oh, Nikolai Ehlers set up, you know, you know, insert person's name here. He set up Josh Morrissey for a great chance, which obviously went off the post. He set up uh, Mark Shifley twice in front of the net. So I thought Nikolai Ehlers did a really good job of, of facilitating today. And, uh, you know, some of his linemates were unable to finish, but at the same time, you want to see those chances being created. So uh, overall, again, like I said, it's, you're not planning the parade because the Jets beat Chicago, but at the end of the day, you wanted to see that the Jets were able to put a stop to the to the losing streak and get back in the win column and, again, get some good feelings because you've got a tough ba- battle coming in against you on Monday, but you couldn't look past the Hawks as in anticipation of Carolina. Right, and we talked about it on this morning's show how, you know, the Jets have been able to beat the, you know, the Arizonas, the St. Louis's, um, those types of teams, the teams that are below them in the standings, the teams they should beat. And yeah, I mean, this game really, there was no reason for this game to be this close if it wasn't for Soderblom. And, you know, just t- sticking with the lines, right? There was a lot of attention on the uh, the perfetti uh, Velarde ifalo line. And, you know, yeah. I-, I thought that there was some good and there was some bad, uh, you know, with that line. And And I'm with you, Dave. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if, Rick Bonus eventually moves up. Nito Niederreiter to that second line. He ended up with five shots, Niederreiter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously Mason Appleton had that unbelievable chance in the third period. Yeah. Uh, forget who uh, swatted it away for the Hawks. Zaitsev. Yeah, it was Zaitsev. I was going to say Seth Jones, but it was Zaitsev back in the lineup. You're right, Dave. Yeah. Um, and and obviously, you know, Niederreiter, you know, he, the way he drives the net, right? Like the Jets don't have a lot of guys that can drive the net, right? Lowry, right. one of them. Appleton's one of them. Niederreiter is one of them, and they all happen to be on the same line, right? So I yeah. thought Niederreiter was really good today. Um, and that line's been a, a little quieter lately. And we obviously talked about, um, I thought Axel Janssen Fielby had some really good jump today, mm-hmm. uh, you know, obviously playing in, in limited minutes. And then we already mentioned, you know, Morgan Barron gets the big goal, a beauty goal on a really nice I, pass from Nick Ehlers, right? So once again, I think you, this, was, this was not a game in which you said, well, the Jets, they just got by Chicago. No, that wasn't the case at all. Chicago stuck around in the first period, but then the Jets really took over in that middle frame and then really, really never looked back. So, yeah, you'd like to have four or five goals, Dave, and, you know, say that you pounded the Hawks 5-1 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, you know, the Jets, for the most part, really took care of business in this game, and they ended the losing streak. And now, yeah, you've got, uh, you know, a tough opponent coming in, with Carolina, and then it's not going to get any easier. You know, it's still amazing to me that the Jets and the Avalanche haven't played yet this year. Uh, yeah. And obviously, you know, they're going to get the, the Avalanche twice in two weeks, right? Because the Jets are going to play the Avalanche at home. Um, I think it's like 10 days later or something like that. So, yeah, this was, uh, you know, not a not a beauty game. I mean, it, it was a little, little sluggish. And when the Jets went up 3-1 in the third period, you kind of knew that this one was over. So um, I think for the most part, the Jets will be happy with this win. Yeah, I mean, I think you're 100% right, as, And I think it's, again, it's it's 
if they didn't, you know, if it was a one goal game, then folks are, are maybe a little bit more, you know, concerned about the end result, but they, they had it in hand and they just couldn't kind of finish. They had a lot of chances. And like you said, there was a chance for Mason Appleton where the puck's on the line. Josh Morrissey rings it off the post. So there were a number of guys who had opportunities. Kyle Connor had a number of opportunities. Mark Shifley, they just weren't getting that finish. And again, you know, you're going to face a tougher team in Carolina. We're not going to jump ahead. That's for the 24th edition of the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. We are only on the 23rd edition of the illegal curve post game show which is what you're listening to so hopefully you're you're subscribing to our channel you're smashing that like button because you know that's what we we love for you to do here on our channel each and every time we go live after a jets game or of course on saturday mornings from 9 to 11 hopefully in a couple weeks you'll be joining us at farmery and see the icy beer live and in person and maybe see us live and in person if you so choose but again uh this is this was a good win it was an important win just because like i said from a uh, I, removing the, the 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 taste of that three game losing streak and being able to put those two wins on the board, get the you know again we always talk about standings points as I mean you're now just three back of Colorado and Dallas both of those teams have a game in hand and more importantly what you do is you put a little distance between yourself and St Louis sure and Arizona you're keeping pace right and and yeah. I think you'd agree Dave we're less concerned about you know keeping distance between yourself and and St Louis or or Nashville I think. You know, most of us think by the time, you know, we get to kind of the mid-season into kind of January, February, there's going to be a little bit more separation. But you want to keep pace with Dallas and Colorado. Like, we've talked about this. There's clearly, uh, you know, an identifiable top three teams in in the Central. And the Jets are obviously one of those teams. Yeah. And the other team, the other thing, pardon me, I wanted to talk about was the Jets actually had a slight edge in the face-offs at 52%. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, talked about a lot in the last couple of days leading up to this game how bad the the Jets were. They weren't just bad. They were pathetic, like 30% right. against the Oilers. So got to give shout out to Mark Shifley, 61%, I think it was, and mm-hmm. Adam Lowry was 60% or vice versa. They were both in the low 60s. Uh, you know, so that's huge for a couple of guys that have struggled a little bit as of late in the in the face-off circle. So I just wanted to get that in there. I think, you know, that's that's a notable improvement. Obviously not the reason why they won this game, but... That was a huge reason why their possession numbers were so bad against Edmonton because they were losing seven out of ten faceoffs. Yeah, and 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 you knew that based on the the end of Rick Bonus's media availability the other day, you knew that how important. I mean, and I know you can have debates over faceoffs and the the importance of it, but like when you never start with the puck, like it's one thing to be like, okay, well, you know, we don't we started with the puck forty percent of the time, or you know. 45% of the time and not 55 like that's that's really a marginal number but when you're when you're literally starting with the puck 25% of the time and the, the opponent has it 75% of the time you know it's it's a problem Dave that was sorry that frosty winnipeg's got the attendance up there What's that? That's the attendance that we have up there it was 14,180 I know that was my that was it's funny I would have if we're doing prices right rules as I would have been very close in my last game guess cuz I said 141 when we did it amongst the media as our guests, I, I said, well, I can see it being around 14-1. I think it was 13-6, uh, but today it was a little bit more, you know, a Saturday afternoon. Chicago's always a big draw, lots of Hawks fans. Uh, I was going to say, I, Connor Bedard deserves a lot of credit for that. Yeah. But there's also a lot of Blackhawks fans in Winnipeg. Like, we always oh, no talk question. about the Leafs and the Canadians and the Bruins. Um, but, I mean, the Chicago Blackhawks are an original six team, and there's a lot of fans you know, going back to the kind of Eddie Belfour, Jeremy Roenick era, yeah. the Denny Savard era, right? So Eric Graham. 
Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Dirk Graham, nice, nice drop. Can we throw in well, Dominic Hasek? Mean, of well? course. He made one of the greatest saves I've ever seen in the playoffs on Mario Lou. Do you remember when he came streaking out of the yes. net and uh stopped Lemieux of what is it, the blue line? Um, but no, I mean, look, this is uh oh, and I was just gonna say finish that thought as actually sorry about the Hawks and the you know, Bedard and, and all the fans. It's interesting because you know, all the name bars always used to be um tapes. Jay and Miller, by it, the way, is going way back with Murray, ooh, Murray Bannerman. Bannerman. I think Murray Bannerman's like the 1960s. No. 70s? I don't know. Bannerman, well, he played probably in the 70s, but he definitely played in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, as yeah, By the way, if, if folks are trying to figure out, Ezzy's little mm-hmm means he's doing a little search. He's using the old Google, I think. So uh, we'll we'll get an answer to that question uh, very 1980s. soon. But, 1980s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought Bannerman was in the 80s. But anywho, the point is that... He broke into the NHL in the 1970s. I, I think I said 1960s, so I did go... You did say little, 60s. We're not talking about when Drew was born yeah, as... Or actually, I should say when Drew was <laughs> celebrating his 20th birthday. But this is, uh, this of course, is the Illegal Curve post-game show. We're talking about the Jets and the Hawks game. Jets win 3-1. We're about to start the post-game, the Betway game recap. Can't forget the Iron Man either. Steve Larmer, yeah, he was, he was, he was, he was something else. Look, Chicago had great teams. We talked, we, we listened when we were at the Y Sports Center to three of the, the Hawks greats in, in Roanick and um, Chelios and Belfort, and they told some great stories. So, uh, really good teams in Chicago. Couldn't get it quite done in the 90s, of course, running up against, uh, who they run up against? Well, obviously, Pittsburgh and Mary Lemieux. That's, that's, that's a bit of a tough one right there. So, uh, Good teams, but that's not why we're here, Ezzy. That's not why everybody's spending their Saturday, I would say, late afternoon, almost evening, to talk about the Winnipeg Jets and, and their victory over the current Connor Bedard and his Chicago Blackhawks. So, and Connor Bedard did not disappoint. And not just the goal that got the scoring kicked off, but yeah, uh, you saw that pass to Philip Kershev. That was late oh, in yeah. the second period. and, and Connor oh, the backhand Albert pass? Had, yeah, that backhand pass. Yeah. Uh, similar. I I don't know if you thought this too, Dave. Very similar the to Shifley Ehlers one? or Shifley. Yeah, Shifley I was thinking of the Shifley Ehlers one. And yeah. Connor all have yeah. that ability to to fire those quick uh, backhand passes. So yeah, Alabak had to make a good save there on on Kurashev. But I mean, Bedard, you can see like we were talking about. You know, Bedard's on pace for around seventy points. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of time before he hits a hundred points. Like it might be in his second or third year. Like this guy is going to be exactly what he was advertised as. He's a generational player. Oh, yeah. The, the skill level is just, it's ridiculous. It's right up there, you know, with Crosby and McDavid and whoever, Austin Matthews, the best mm-hmm. players in the world. And he's only 18 years old. You have to remind yourself that. I mean, most of us at 18 years old, we're just trying to, you know, wake up on time to get to our university classes. And this guy's already, you know, one of the best players in the world. Yeah, not no, you, mean, Dave. He, you were you had no problem waking up for university. <laughs> That's actually not true. I was never. I was a. I was a night owl, not a, not an early riser, unfortunately. But you know, as seven JP seven B said, Bedard is having already one of the best rookie seasons ever, and he looked like it uh, in today's game. He, you could see, you could see the skill. It's evident, and, and I, we'll I still get think in. Dale Howarchuk's record is going to be okay, though. I suspect you are correct. Let's get into it, uh, courtesy of our friends from Betway. The Betway Game Recap. Let's get right into it as the game started. As I said, it was a bit of a sleepy period. And uh, that, I guess, favored the Hawks because they took advantage of a miscue 
by Dylan Sandberg. I, the one thing I will say, and I got it, this is just an aside and, and, you know, we're already segueing, even though we haven't even gotten into the first goal as, but I always love when a guy makes a mistake and it's as if he's the worst player in the history of the world. Like the amount of like disdain. And I mean, it wasn't like crazy, but it was just so funny how people were like already re ready to like burn Dylan Sandberg at the stake and send him to the moose. Even though, I mean, again, don't get me wrong. I'm, we're going to highlight it. It wasn't a good play by Dylan Sandberg, but he does do a lot of other things very well. And so, yes, one play, which ends up as a goal against, not ideal, but it's just, I always find it funny when the, some of the comments are just tearing this kid apart, even though we've, we spent the morning talking about how Dylan Sandberg's been having a pretty good season. So, um, and having a great season. And yes, you know, this, this was a mistake. I think, was it Nick Ehlers that he was trying to get the pass to or Nino Niederreiter? I forget who it was. But mm -hmm. Samberg goes behind his net on his backhand. It was Niederreiter. Started, yeah, it was, was Niederreiter. Sorry. So he tries to make the pass to Niederreiter. Yeah. And it's obviously picked off by Connor Bedard. So Connor Bedard spins around um, and his, his uh, passes it to Khrushchev. And then it ends up going off of uh, uh, Declan Chisholm's skate, the, the, the feed from the pass from Khrushchev. That's right. Right. So, I mean, Declan Chisholm, he's fine. He steps up on Khrushchev. Nothing yeah. wrong there. But yes, it was an ill-advised pass by Sandberg backhand. Luckily, you know, the Jets win this game 3-1 and nobody's going to be talking about this. So, it's yes, right I now. mean, Sandberg knows that, you know, he turned the puck over in his own zone. Nobody needs to tell him that. It's not like, you know, Rick Bonus or, you know, Scott O'Neill or Marty Johnston, Brad Lauer. It's not like they're going to have to have a big sit down with Dylan Sandberg. Sandberg <laughs> rarely makes those types of mistakes, Dave. So, it, yes, it was, you know, a little bit unexpected. Uh, but look, Connor Bedard, we always talk about how good he is offensively. Well, mm -hmm. on that play, that was a pretty good defensive play by Bedard because he obviously, you know, starts off the play. And then, you know, we talked about a Khrushchev's pass goes off of Chisholm's skate and then goes right to Bedard, who's wide open and the net is wide open, right? So, yeah, bad turnover. Um, but, like, let's pump the brakes because Sandberg so far this season has been excellent defensively. And he also gets an assist on Morgan Barron's goal, right? So he made up for it. Well, I mean, and, and let's be realistic. The craziest part when you're watching the replay is that Connor Hellebuck almost made the save. He actually got a stick over, across and actually got a piece of the Bedard shot. Not all of it, but uh, he he clearly almost made the save. So, I mean, look, it, it's one of those, and, and yeah, you're right, Ezzy. I mean, Declan, and we're not going to be uh, here just to pump Declan Chisholm's tires. We will be throughout the course of this broadcast because I thought he had a really good first game. But uh, we're not here to, if he does make a mistake, like any Jets player, we will call them out. Uh, Moose affiliation removed. But the fact of the matter is that, you know, it, it's one of those plays that it's just unfortunate who it bounces to, right? Nita Ryder is, you know, a shade slow getting, staying with Bedard and Bedard gets some time and space. And, you know, with a guy who has a shot that good, gets that puck, it, it's going to be, it's going to probably end up in the back of the net. And like I said, Connor Hellebuck almost makes a stop. That's, that's the impressive part when you watch that replay is that Hellebuck who was probably a little bit out of position on that opportunity still almost makes the save. So, I mean, it's four thirty nine, and, and, and I will say, and it's interesting because when you're watching it, when you're in the arena, again, first of all, there's, there's Hawks fans in the arena. So they, they get, they get a little bit of juice, you know, a little bump, but it's, it's just kind of the Jets fans, especially on a three game losing streak. And you give up the first goal on like, like I said, I think it was either the first or second shot, for the for the Hawks as because there wasn't a lot happening. I mean, at that point, I think it was two one for for the Winnipeg Jets in terms of shots. So it was yeah, it was, pretty... the, it was definitely their first or second shot of the right. Game. So it was yeah. a low event 
point, even though it had been five minutes into that hockey game. And of course, now you've got the Jets playing from a deficit. So you're wondering, again, not that the Jets are a super fragile team, because again, they're very well positioned from where they're, when you look at it from where they are from a standings perspective, but because of their current situation, having lost three games in a row, you do wonder how the team is going to respond having given up the first goal of the game. Yeah, absolutely. And just one more thing on Declan Chisholm. He ended up playing just under 13 minutes, 12.58. Mm-hmm. We talked about it. We're going to get into it on Morgan Barron's goal. He picked up an assist. Um, his Corsi was positive at even strength. Yeah. So I would I would say overall, right, like he, he that was a, a pretty good first game of the season for him. First ever home game, right? Yeah. So, I mean, we're not sure if he's going to play next game against Carolina, right? Nope. Like. I mean, your guess is as good as mine, Dave. I wouldn't be surprised if Chisholm stays in. Maybe they go back to Nate Schmidt because it's a more of a veteran team and a, just a better team. But I think for his first game, like what more could you ask for, right? Like assist, you know, he was positive, uh, you know, expected goals, right? Like, yes, he was on the ice for the Connor Bedard goal, but who cares? That was really, you know, all the, the Hawks had going. We talked about it. They had a few other good scoring chances, but nothing crazy. So I think, you know, Declan's probably going to be really happy with, with and, and the most important thing is the Jets won, right? Like, and so I think that, you know, we're not going to get too excited about one game, but yeah. I, I what I saw. No, I, I don't think there's any question about it. And again, it, I was going to get into this a little bit later, but I guess we can, we can talk about it now. I mean, as, as I've discussed for, for a number of, of years, he's, his, his skating is exceptional and, yeah. and he's, and I thought his look, and, and let's be realistic. I, you know, I said this, it's the 23rd game of the Jets season. He hasn't played a game in the NHL in 23 months, right? And and so you've got to give the kid a little latitude um, in terms of acclimatizing to the NHL game because much as we cover the AHL and we respect the hockey that, that we watch at the AHL level, it's not the NHL. And so there's a lot more chaos in the AHL. It's, it's a lot less straightforward. It's a lot less crisp. So when a guy has to adjust to playing against guys who you know generally don't miss those passes that's that's an adjustment period so i thought i actually thought he adjusted he made a lot of a lot of small short passes but they were crisp they were they were clean and again his skating was good and there was one play at the blue line where you could see his edge work is so good that he burns a guy i don't remember who it was i don't remember which hawk player but he drops and then chisholm gets the puck into the hawk zone so yeah i mean like like you said as he whether they go back to nate schmidt because they may go back to him or not but you've got a kid who was able to contribute in his first game. So we'll, we'll see where it goes. But from a, from a first game in the NHL this season, and like I said, in almost two years, it was a pretty good effort from the kid. And we'll keep, we'll keep going and keep talking about what he was able to do and what the Jets were able to do. Because about uh, six minutes later, as it was a power play for the Winnipeg Jets, and uh, I, I got to give credit because, again, we're going to talk about Gabe Velarde, I think, and he's slowly... You know, he said it. It's funny because I remember when Gabe Velarde was talking a few days ago and he essentially said, well, I've only played two games. And in my head, I was like, well, what do you mean? You've got three. But then he wasn't wrong. Like, what do you have? Like two shifts in that first period against LA. And then he was, of course, knocked out of the game. So he really has only played two games this season. Obviously played the Oilers game, played around 13 minutes. I don't, what were his minutes today as? I didn't really, uh, do you have in front of you? I don't know how many minutes he ended up uh, playing. Are you talking about Velarde? Oh, Velarde. Hold on one yeah. sec. Yeah, I was queuing up the, the highlight here. Dave, you caught me a little bit. Sorry um, I, sorry about that, as I should have uh, 
No, it's all good. Gabe Velarde was at 16 minutes and 20 seconds. Okay, so he got a little more time, but but again, the the where he's going to get that extra time, where he's going to get those extra minutes to really again start to build back his conditioning is the power play. And I thought you can see his skill and we saw it on this goal because he makes a phenomenal move before he gets the puck to Mark Shifley, who had a number of chances, really good chances, like grade eight chances uh, in the slot tonight. But uh, this one, he finishes off and the Jets have a one, it's a one all game courtesy of their power play. But really I thought Velarde was, was a big reason for why uh, the Jets were able to tie the game six minutes later. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we can't, talk about this goal without really focusing on Velarde as you have Dave like nice outlet pass to uh, by Josh Morrissey to yep. Velarde at center but yeah it's it's really all uh, it, it's all the pass there and you know watching that play develop you know I, I thought because Gabe Velarde is a shooter he likes to shoot the puck I was yeah. thinking okay you know they have kind of a little bit of a two-on-one there I was thinking Velarde was going to shoot mm-hmm. uh, but that's just so smart uh, right like you just you can't really teach that that's just something a situational play where you have to know that everyone's expecting him to shoot but instead he drops the pass and I forget who it was on the Hawks that was defending him because there were actually two Hawks as he was bringing the puck uh, up the board Vlasic Vlasic was the defenseman you're right Dave um, yeah. but it was just an uh, inside outside move um, but just an incredible pass to Shifley on the fly and that's something that the Jets haven't been doing a lot of lately. We talked about it. They've really been struggling both uh, at five on five and on the power play the last three games. Um, so you like to see that. Connor Murphy was the one who took the penalty on on Kyle Connor. Connor drew the first two penalties, actually. So, you know, the Jets power play continues to hum along. But yeah, you love to see that, um, you know, chemistry by from Velarde and Shifley. And you love to see that the Jets scored early in that power play. For sure. I didn't take them very long. And, and the other thing also was that Cole Perfetti made himself an option, right? I mean, he used his his positioning to, if Filardi hits Perfetti, he's pretty much got an open net as well, which makes Soderblom have to think, well, I got Perfetti on the far side and he's got to step on my man and I've got Shifley. So he's got two threats coming at him and he's still got to think about Velarde because of course he could shoot short side and then you don't want to squeaker, which we've seen here. Um, you know, anyways, it, we'll see what happens in that regard. But ultimately it's a, uh, it was an interesting play but it's it's I think it's one of those situations as that you were knowing that if the Jets were going to get going it was going to be at something like that where their power play has been humming along a little bit better and like I said that's a way to get Filardi more into the game and more um you know used to playing hockey again because he's so far behind everybody else that it's tough for him to be like again everybody's played like I said today 23 games and he's played four so it's, it's yeah, it's, and, it's, and and I and I still don't think that that second line necessarily is is necessarily the uh, the ideal line. Like we talked about it, I'd like to see what Nino Niederreiter can do at this point. And I realize that you know you're breaking up a good thing with Lowry, Appleton, and and Niederreiter, but Alex Iafallo is is not performing at the level that he was, you know, three weeks ago or yeah. four weeks ago. And, and I'm not saying anything you know, overall negative about IFL. I'm just saying that I think that line wasn't maybe as dynamic as you would like to see against a really bad team. Mm-hmm. So it's something to keep an eye on, right? Niederreiter used to play for the Hurricanes, so maybe because of that reason. And the fact, we mentioned it earlier, right? Niederreiter had five shots, which I think, if I'm not mistaken, led the Jets today in, in shots on goal. So Niederreiter was really good, as were Lowry and Appleton as well. Um, but that, uh, to your point, that's why Velarde gets the power play looks, right? 
Yeah. So well, if Valari's going to stay on that second line with Perfetti, I just I think I would like to see what Niederreiter can do up there. And and look, Perfetti had an interesting game because I thought he looked a little bit frustrated. You know, he was his pass to um, Ehlers on the two on one in the second period goes a bit awry, ends up behind Nikolai Ehlers. It was I think it was the pass to Ehlers um, on the two on one, and uh, we saw a little emotion from the number 91 because you don't generally see it. I don't know if they showed it on the broadcast as, but he slammed his stick rather emphatically uh, and quickly switched out for a new twig because he was not particularly pleased with the pass he made. So he blamed the stick, not himself. He blamed the stick on that one, but he of course made up for it with the insurance goal, which we'll get into in a little bit. But I mean, the fact is that the jets get that equalizer and it's, and it's an important one because again, not that we're thinking that the Hawks are some, you know, dynamic team, but they have some good wins in the last month. And they, and again, they are still an NHL team. And I know folks tend to discount these games. And we said it, the Jets, this is the game the Jets should win. The Jets did win. But, but at the same time, teams sometimes lose to these teams, right? These quote trap games. And, and ultimately from a, from a Jets perspective, you didn't want to get mired into that. And you didn't want to go into the first period because first intermission, I should say, as without that sort of feeling of okay we're 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 this game is is even and now we'll see what happens uh, coming up next. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I I think, you know, for me the probably the biggest part of that was, you know, going back to what we talked about the Jets lack of goal scoring, right? Like this little mm-hmm. stretch here, this three-game losing streak. We talked about it on this morning show. I don't think, you know, Drew yourself or I were that concerned like that this was going to turn into an extended losing streak partly because of the Jets opponent this afternoon all yeah. apologies to the the hawks but i mean they're just not a very good team no. but i think it's because you know the jets were still getting opportunities uh versus the oilers and versus the stars and versus the predators so mm-hmm. you're right i mean going down one goal i mean the jets could have easily still come back and, and won this game but they got rewarded um you know for for putting out a good a, a good look on the power play right and like this isn't your typical power play where you get it set up and you know Shifley passes over to Connor and Connor gets it back to Morrissey but you know there's nothing wrong with scoring a goal on, on in transition on the power play so good for Gabe Velarde he obviously looked much better than he did against Edmonton he's only going to get better and once they figure out that second line if it's you know Niederreiter on that line or maybe Ifalo stays on that line I think they will start to produce better at at even strength. But uh yeah, I mean, like we said, that that was a pretty low event first period, but you still got to give the Jets were still the better team in that first period even if they only had, you know, five shots or six shots or whatever it was. Well, and this is the better version of the Illegal Curve Post Game Show when it's just Dave Manuk and Ezra Ginsberg bringing it to you as we do each and every single time the Jets play a hockey game. You join us after the final buzzer. You're on the Illegal Curve post-game show. Become be part of the discussion because as folks can see in the chat, sometimes it's completely removed from what we are discussing. Sometimes you're interacting with us. Sometimes you're not. Either way, hopefully you're having a good time chatting with folks, joining them uh, in the chat. You'll be joining us live next Thursday at Boston Pizza on Taylor uh, for the Illegal Curve post-game show, the live broadcast, if you will. And that starts at 8 o'clock when the Jets take on Colorado. But for now, we are uh, entering the second period as. And again, like I said, uh, my my takeaway was that I thought Nikolai Ehlers, I know people are, are a little bit down because he hasn't been producing a ton, but he sure did set up his line mates uh, quite a number of times in that first period. And uh, he finally gets rewarded in the second period because he makes what I thought was a hell of a good pass to Morgan Barron. And um, the birthday boy himself, who uh, you know a lot of people are talking about in the chat right now, 
about how um, impactful Barron was in the last, this game and, and in other games, and maybe he needs a little bit of a bigger role. Well, he maybe he he made a case for himself to because he used his legs, created some opportunity, and sniped uh, what proved to be the game-winning goal in that second period. But uh, really nice setup by I thought by Nikolai Ehlers with the vision to wait for Barron, hit him with that pass, and then let Barron finish it off. So the Ehlers pass is is you know you're right about that. It was a beautiful laser pass. But I also want to point out a couple things before that happened on that goal including a really good back check from Morgan Barron. But uh, Dylan DeMello breaks up a pass from Anthony Beauvillier to Connor Bedard. So give, you know, it was a sneaky good pa- play by Dylan DeMello, but those types of plays I don't get think get talked about enough. So anytime DeMello makes a significant defensive play, I'm going to try to bring it up on the post-game okay. show. So DeMello sure. starts it off in his own zone and then gets it to Ehlers. And yes, this pass is unbelievable. Connor Murphy dives and un- unsuccessfully tries to break up that pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's Anthony Beauvillier, who's the only player back. His pass, we just mentioned, was cut off by Dylan DeMello. But, I mean, just great speed by Morgan Barron coming down that left side uh, to the right of, of Soderblom. And just just a beautiful goal. Like, Morgan Barron, I think, has been a little bit forgotten about now that he's on the fourth line, right? And that's to be expected a little bit, right? Because when you're on the fourth line, you get less minutes. You know, you maybe don't play as much, you know, special teams. Barron, obviously, is more of a penalty killer. He's not, you know, on the power play, even though I think he's a pretty good uh, goal scorer and has some decent hands. But, yeah, just a beautiful pass, Dave, by Ehlers. And, you know, just a nice, simple shot by Barron, right? Like, mm-hmm. people forget, like, in at Cornell, Morgan Barron wasn't a defensive forward. Like, Morgan right. Barron was a top forward for Cornell. What did he score, 20 goals or something like that? So this is just a goal scorer's goal, right? Like, you just kind of have your head up, find your spot and it, it was a low shot on the ice so just nice to see morgan Barron get rewarded it was his fourth goal of the year but for a guy that i i think you know if you want to call it a demotion going down from the third line to the fourth line i think he's handled it really well and as you mentioned on this morning show dave Barron is a guy you can move up to the third line and i think he's got the skill that he could even play in the top six i'm not saying that you know he should be on the second line or the first line or anything like that i'm mm-hmm. just saying i think you know Let's not forget this is only Barron's second full NHL season. He's only 25 years old. So, you know, at 25 years old, you're not you're not an old guy by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. There's still room to grow in his game. No, I I think you're absolutely right. And I think that people see, you know, opportunity for him. And and I think I I think that was kind of the the idea behind what I might some of my comments were. I agree as... with Kitty Pup, by the way. Lasers are the future. <laughs> Okay, sure. I mean, that's not a bad thing, I guess. I had one of those laser pointers I used to like. Uh, oh, yeah, you know, I, I hated those. I, I like those. I had like one of those little red dot ones, you know. I remember but, going to a movie at uh, nah, I would never do old a public Portage just, Place, and someone had a laser pointer on the in, the entire time, and it just absolutely No, no I wouldn't do movie. something like that. But uh, but uh, speaking oh, of I know Pat, you, you wouldn't, know, Dave. Is our boy Bruce, who I believe I gave uh, Moose tickets to for tomorrow, although it was a different name perhaps, but, but ultimately – He'll be going to see the Moose play the Ice Hawks, Ice Hogs, sorry, not, not Ice Hawks. It is the Chicago Black Hawks Farm Club tomorrow afternoon. It's the 150th anniversary of the RCMP, so they'll be wearing specialty jerseys tomorrow afternoon. Uh, puck drop at 2 o'clock, Canada Life. I will be there. Hopefully you will as well. But the um, the fact is that, to me, Morgan Barron is a guy who I think is, is again, like you said, he's a little bit forgotten as he. But I think he, to me, he's one of those interchangeable parts where if you need to move Nita Ryder up, you can move Barron up 
And sure. I still think that third line is going to continue to, I think he's, he's with Appleton, Lowry and Barron. I think you could have not necessarily as good because I think Niederreiter is a big driver, but I think Barron isn't a huge fall off from Nito Niederreiter. So to me, there's an opportunity at least for, for that third line to keep humming. If you need to get Niederreiter up to that, you know, one of the other lines and you want to drop Iafalo down. And, and that's, I think kind of the whole idea of like shifting pieces on a chessboard that we've talked about with this Jets club is that you don't really have, I don't want to be too chessy right now, but you don't have too many Queens, you know what I mean? Or, or, or whatever. If you ever want to play a game of chess, by the way, I'm completely down because not a lot of people know this. I don't even know if I've ever mentioned this. I might have at this point, Dave, all I am is recycled stories on the Elite Curve hockey show, but true story. I was the chess champion at Robert H Smith school. I think I was in grade five or grade six. Because I used to play chess a lot with my dad. Shout out to uh, John Ginsburg, former math professor at the University of Winnipeg. So, you know, hopefully his, uh, you know, I got a little bit of his genes, right? Yeah. But then I went to this, uh, I, I feel like they had the uh, city tournament, city championship. I want to say it was at R.B. Russell School. It was okay. a school in the North End, Dave. So there I am, little chubby Ezra, you know, 11 years old, <laughs> thinking I'm such a good chess player. I think I won the first game, and then I went up against a kid and he just, he beat me in like five or six moves. So yeah. I was like, okay, I'm one and one. See how I do in the third game. Uh, and then I got uh, obliterated again and then called my dad <laughs> to pick me up. So I was basically <laughs> like out of the chess tournament in like 90 minutes. So I thought I was like this hot shot because I won my school chess competition. But uh, no, I was not very good at that level. But yeah, if you ever want to play, Dave, I love a, love a good chess match. Well, is your boy Bruce is saying that everybody else is playing checkers when... Big Daddy Ezra Ginsburg is playing chess, so 3D chess for the record. So uh, look at that. But anyways, let's get back to the hockey because as Spencey says, this is not chess lunch. We're, we're trying to focus on the Jets' win over the Hawks. Uh, a reminder, this is the Leo Curve postgame show. I'm Dave Manuke. He's Ezra Ginsburg. What's your favorite we... piece, by the way? I lo- love the night. Interesting. Um, as You know what? I'm just a pawn. I'm, I'm just a, you know, I, I go with the numbers. Although I like the castle as well. Big fan of the castle. Yeah, Rook. <laughs> Anyways, let's uh, let's hope let's keep this thing going. But look, the Jets are down up to one after 40 minutes. And, you know, it, it's worth noting, they, as you said earlier, as he, the Jets really did dominate uh, in that second period. They were up 11. Well, let's just look at the possession. Yeah, the possession. Well, I mean, why don't you share the possession with everyone? Well, the possession, if you're going by even strength, Corsi, the Jets were at 65 percent. Yeah. And they outshot uh, Chicago. They possessed the puck. It was pretty it was pretty clear. Yeah. Um, that they, you know, had a good, a good second period. And again, like I said, the finishing is a bit of an issue, right? Ch- Kyle Connor again uh, is a little bit snake bit. We can see that he may want to smash his stick like Cole Perfetti did. But the Jets have a two-one lead heading into the third. And uh, sure enough, speaking of Cole Perfetti, at the midpoint of that third period, uh, sets up a, uh, like I said, opportunity with, I think I- Alex Iafallo gets the puck over to Declan Chisholm, who gets it over to. Um, Dylan Sandberg fires a shot on net and Cole Perfetti with just the Manitoba tip Moose connection, Dave. That oh, was I, like, well, a, I was, I was getting there. I was going to say, there. I was going to say something that maybe was inappropriate, but um, I was going to say the opposite of dry dream. <laughs> okay. Well, regardless of where you're going with that second time, by the way, as he's been uh, a smidge inappropriate on an illegal curve broadcast, but ultimately that is a made in Manitoba connection. And as don't worry, we're on YouTube. Nobody's going to censure us and we don't have to worry about 
anyone, except we try and keep it PC because Bailey could be in the chat. So for those who are under 18, let's just keep it clean here as, but the fact is uh, it was a beautiful tip by Cole Perfetti and you're right. It was a made in Manitoba uh, connection. All guys who have played for the moose, uh, you know, at least I think, like, I think I tweeted out, uh, although I was wrong, I was re reliably informed by Daniel Fink, our, our guest this morning that I, uh, had the number number of games for Declan Chisholm wrong. It felt light when I wrote it, but I was doing some quick math. But uh, we're you all know, human, was, Dave. We all make that's mistakes. True. But the point is, I, I wasn't wrong in the sense that they were all members of the Manitoba Moose. There are also three guys who have never been in my kitchen. But ultimately, the Jets take a three-one lead on this goal by Cole Perfetti. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not sure if we're going to give this. I have my fireball. Oh, oh, right we're, here. we're going to. Well, I was. Yeah, hold on. I've, let me. I've got it ready here. So just let me know. Okay, well, hold on. And that's why I was going to say, and that's why this was, even though it was really more of a tip than a shot, Ezzy. I'm pouring it right now, Dave. But because it was more of a tip than a shot, we're still going to give it the... The Seager shot of the game. Because... Cheers. Heck, a good, good shot. Like, there we go. Ezzy's going to give the fireball a little shot. And that was a nice shot by uh, Dylan Sandberg. Nice tip by Cole Fetty. His ninth goal of the season as he now eclipses in 23 games, his total for last year. He had eight goals in 51 games for the Winnipeg Jets. And so he's got nine in 23. He's on a pace for about 30 this year, uh, which is, is critical because we've talked about the Jets needing scoring outside of Connor Shifley and Ehlers. So if they can get... 25 to 30 from Cole Perfetti in basically his second full season. That's going to be significant. But what did you see on that goal and how it uh, kind of came about? Well, in addition to the Manitoba Moose connection there, I mean, mm -hmm. and the numbers that you just railed off, Dave, yep. you know, Dan Robertson mentioned on, on the broadcast, 13 of 15 games, Perfetti has a point. Like, that's incredible. And you're absolutely right. Like, when we talked about, you know, the Jets' chances this season prior to the season starting, the big focus was obviously on defense. Could the Jets be better defensively as a team well we know the answer to that they have been much better defensively as a team Cole Perfetti Nikolai Ehlers they needed to stay healthy they've been healthy and the Jets needed Cole Perfetti specifically to be more of an impact player on the second line not that he wasn't good last year he still had 30 points in 50 games or 31 points in 50 games anyways I'm digressing but Cole Perfetti I think has has quietly been the best player on that second line or not so quietly and more so when I say quietly it's the way he celebrates I love that he just scores and then he kind of you know gives a couple fist bumps you know lets a guy maybe hug him and then he goes I just love the way he's very unassuming I think would would be the word to use um but on this particular goal yeah like just good puck movement at the points between Chisholm and and Sandberg and we talked about it those guys were on the ice for the Connor Bedard goal so they obviously redeemed themselves and it's a good face-off win and, you know, you got to love Alex Iafalo causing a little bit of havoc. But, I mean, it's just a nice point shot, Dave, and just a nice tip. And I think what we're seeing is Cole Perfetti right before our eyes. He's obviously not Joe Pavelski yet, but he has those types of hands. And that's the thing about Perfetti that I remember when we were talking to Craig Button after the Jets drafted him 10th uh, overall back in, uh, was it 2020 or 2021? I think 2020. He was saying that this is a great overall player, right? Like the, the hockey IQ is obviously there, but this is a guy that can shoot the puck. He can pass, not the fastest skater, but he's a reliable defensive player. But yeah, those those hands, Dave, like just incredible. So I just love this goal. And obviously that was the insurance goal that the Jets didn't get 
against Edmonton. So it gave them yeah. some breathing room. And after the Jets went up two, two goals after the Profetti goal, um, I mean, this game was over. You didn't get any, I don't think anybody had the feeling that the Hawks were coming back to tie this game. No. And, and again, it just shows you how, like you just said, Ezzy, how critical it is. First of all, how important was that face-off win? You know, they, right. you, you get the face-off win and that, and that's important and you get the insurance and you're right. Like, look, Chicago didn't deserve to win that game, but if it's only two, one, it's not, an, it's not, it's not out of question now, based on the way Chicago played with the net empty. And we'll, we can talk about that a little bit, because at one point you said to me while we're watching that third period, the Jets have three guys in the Hawks zone, the Hawks have six and they can't clear that puck out of their own end. Like it was actually crazy how much pressure the Jets were exerting or the Hawks lack of ability to break out of that pressure. But uh, look, the Jets were, were able to lock it down and they, they played a pretty good game um, from that point on because there's still 10 minutes to go in the game. They were still pushing. They were still pressing, trying to add to their lead. We, we had wrongly corrected, uh, had predicted, I should say, as that we thought it might be a 4-1 conclusion. It ends up being a 3-1 conclusion. But uh, it's an important One more game thing. The- Sorry, Dave. I was just going to say sure. on that tip, because this isn't, uh, you know, Perfetti right in front of the net, right? Like this yep. is around the the dots. The the craziest thing is, as you mentioned, he wins the faceoff, and I, I forget who the center was for Chicago, but he fights him off, and he's actually skating like moving backwards mm-hmm. when when Samberg when it's a, a mid ice tip. So that was yeah. impressive. Like that shows you, it's like that to me is all hand eye coordination. Like that's mm-hmm. just you you know, having good awareness, right? Like good body awareness. And that's, that's all I'm saying. Like it wasn't, it's not like he was like stationary. Uh, yeah. You know, like, and that's, what's impressive. Like j- just an incredible tip. Well, and, and the other thing you like to see is that everybody had a piece of that, right? Like Perfetti wins the face off, gets it over to IFL, who puts it over to Velarde, who puts it to Chisholm, who puts it to Sandberg and then Perfetti touches it again. I think that's how, I think that was the chronology of it. Yeah. And then, yep. yeah, it was Velarde over to Chisholm and, Sandberg and then the shot and then like I said the tip so all five guys not very often you see that where you've given it to Sandberg and then Velarde would have got the assist but Velarde said you know what I already got my goal today let's <laughs> his point so I mean that just shows you how you know selfless Velarde is yeah absolutely and 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 look it's it's a big point for Declan Chisholm because you know we we talk about um how you have an impact on this game and we thought his skating was excellent I thought the conditioning stint uh, really served him well. As I said on the broadcast this morning, I talked to Mark Morrison and he just said how, how again, the points are, are really that not that important what he got. He got the five assists in six games, but it was more just getting his skating back. Cause as everyone who watches this show and watches the game, the reality is, you know, you're, you're watching when you watch Declan Chisholm, you can see what his, what is his biggest asset? His biggest asset is his skating. And so when his skating is that's at a, a good asset. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you want to have one asset, you want yeah, skating. I mean, you'd like true. to have everything. You'd like to have the hands and everything. Well, but yeah, the skating. He is, did almost is score, right? On the power play. I mean, he did get second power play unit time. He did almost score a goal. Uh, and I think it was in the first period when they came on at the end of the first power of one of the power plays. So um, I, I just think it was, it was an important game for him because, you know, he's got confidence. I mean, like I said, he had the two games in Detroit and St. Louis. But now he's played his first uh, NHL game here in Winnipeg, and and I, I suspect it'll be first of many because he looks like he didn't look out of place. Now again, we'll qualify it by saying a it was one game, and b it was against Chicago, so uh, maybe some tougher competition. We'll see what happens with um, Declan Chisholm and whether he stays in, and we'll find that out. The Jets right now, I think, are scheduled still to practice tomorrow at eleven o'clock. Whether they maintain that or punt it because of the win, and then 
They just, might use it, Dave, just because they haven't had a lot of practice time lately. I well, I would agree with you. And 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 the other thing is, I didn't think this was a particularly taxing game, so I don't nope. think that it was like it wasn't a heavy game. It wasn't a game that you thought, okay, these guys need a break from that. So we'll see if they if they do. We'll we'll stay tuned to the Jets PR. But at the end of the day, the Jets end their losing streak at three games. They win the game. They are. 13, 8, and 2, which is good enough for third spot in the Central. Uh, right now, goal differential plus 10. They are one of the top scoring teams in the Central, one of the least goals against, which, again, especially based on how things were going early, uh, didn't think it was the way it was going to be. But that is the way it is. And now, of course, the Nets-Jets game coming your way in two days on Monday. That is a, it's a weird time, 6.30 start time against the Carolina Hurricanes. Of course, it will be the fly the 48 game. So yep. you'll get a chance to see the new jersey uh, in uh, in full effect. People are, I saw a lot of people wearing military it. Military Appreciation Night, right? Yes, yes, it is Military Appreciation Night. And as I said, tomorrow's Moose game, RCMP, uh, in honor of the RCMP, 150 years of the RCMP. So a lot of fun uh, with those, um, honoring those organizations, institutions. Okay, well, we've uh, we've gotten through it. We've uh, had a heck of a post game initial, the preamble, not the preamble, but we did the preamble. We did the Betway game recap. Our thanks to our friends at Betway, of course. Each and every time we go live on the Illegal Curve post game show, we owe a big thanks to our friends at Betway. But first, as we're going to head to break, because it's uh, it's been a good game, it's been a good post game show. But hey, get some gotta... oxygen, Dave. I mean, you're I... when when Mendel's not on the show, you have to do all the all the talking that that he usually does, right? So That's... we have to take a break. Yeah, you know, maybe have a little bit of a bathroom break, uh, <laughs> and you know, just you know, catch our breath. We will. So that's what we're going to do. I'm going to listen to my my co-host right there, Ezra Ginsberg. We're going to head to commercial break. Uh, we will be right back after these words from our fine sponsors. <laughs> Your coworkers love you because you always make them laugh. You're the life of the party with stories that have them rolling on the floor. Or maybe you're just the quiet one in the corner with the one-liners that just slay. Do you have what it takes to become Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job? Try your luck. Hit the stage at Rumors Comedy Club, and you could be walking away with $1,000 cash. Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job. Presented by Rumors. For all the details, head to RumorsComedyClub.com. So you're a pizza person, you married a wing person, but somehow your kids are salad people. You can't pick your fam, but you can pick your BP meal deal. Starting from $18.99 for takeout or delivery at bostonpizza.com. The game can change just like that. Accidents happen when you aren't protected. So now what? Getting to your injury quickly can make all the difference. Help prevent them from being game changers with Linden Market Dental Center. Bonding, crowns, bridges, and dental implants. State-of-the-art treatments are available to help you get back in the game. To learn more, visit LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy. Everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rolly's and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small 
Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Boston Pizza harnessed analytics to test if the game is better at home or at Boston Pizza. The results are irrefutable. Catch the game at Boston Pizza, powered by Fanalytics. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the illegal curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. Welcome back to the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. I am uh, your temporary host, uh, Dave Manuk. I almost said Ezra Ginsburg. He is Ezra Ginsburg over there, drinking some water. I feel like that would be well. After I had a little fireball shot, had to have a little bit of water. I feel like Dave. That's how like a nightmare would start, where like <laughs> where like you start the show off and you're like, I'm Ezra Ginsburg, and then you're like, Oh my god, what that has actually- happened? That'd actually be good as we should switch screens and then you come here and do it from mine and I'll do it from yours and see if, uh, how people, maybe we'll do that on uh, another show. We'll, we'll have a little, maybe that will be an April 1st type of show, but, uh, whew. all right. Well, it's been a, it's been a long show. It's been a long series of shows, uh, this weekend and this week. And the best I'm part kidding, though, actually, is we have our, the whole night to ourselves. I mean, I'm going to go home and, you know, probably put my kids to bed yeah. and then just fall asleep on the couch. I sure. always try to stay up for Saturday night live, but I usually uh, fall asleep and then end up going to bed at like 11. Yeah. But uh, that's the nice thing about the afternoon game. I like, I, you know, me, Dave, my f- preferred time for a hockey game is eight o'clock because then yeah. my kids are usually in bed by then or close to, to being in bed. But yeah, there's been a lot of Saturday afternoon games. Like we talked about it. They've got uh, is the 16th versus Colorado six o'clock. Oh, I thought that was an afternoon game. No, no, the, 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 the Minnesota wild one. Uh, is a two o'clock. Right, this that's is, a New, New Year's Eve. No, sorry, it's a one. That's a one p.m. start. Right. This is this. Today was a two p.m. Then the the Colorado one on the sixteenth is a, a six p.m. And then the one against the Wild at the end of the month is a one p.m. Yeah, a lot of Saturday afternoon games. I mean, there's always something about the schedule that's that's a little bit odd, right? Like this yeah. has been a, a pretty good first uh, whatever eight to ten weeks of the season, right? Like the Jets have had. Uh, a lot of space between games, right? Mm-hmm. Like they haven't played. I mean, I, I'm not going to say the schedule's been easy, but they've yet to play Colorado. They've yet to play Boston. I mean, now they're going to play Carolina. I mean, they've mm-hmm. had Vegas twice. They've had Dallas several times, right? So, I mean, they have played good teams, but um, I would say that overall, I mean, the schedule's pr- been pretty good for them in terms of just the amount of days between games. Not a lot of no, back-to-backs, there's... right? I think there've only been two back-to-backs so far. Yeah. No, I was going to say, like, you're, you're, there's no question about I mean, they have a back-to-back, we know, next, uh, not yeah, this upcoming week, trip. but the weekend yeah. after when they're playing uh, in San Jose on the Tuesday and then California. L.A. on the Wednesday. California. California. Man, I got to watch The Wizard tonight. I, you know, it's funny. That, Fred that movie, Savage. Yeah, that's a classic. That's a great movie. With the, um, I was obsessed the glove. with that movie when I was a kid. Remember The Glove? The kid? What was, oh, yeah. what was, the, name of the, what was the name of that kid? Lucas. Well, I didn't remember that, but. Yeah, Lucas. I think I watched it. Bo Bridges recently. was in that movie. That's a classic. Yeah, Bo Bridges was, was his dad. Yeah, yeah, that was a good yeah. movie. What is this? Uh, uh, what are we, Siskel and Ebert, right now? <laughs> were you a Wonder Years guy, Dave? I did like Wonder Years. Yes. Yeah, I, I remember. I would always watch that show. Uh, 
I would walk home from school and watch the Wonder Years. I won't mention which one of my huge crush is, on Winnie. I was going to say I won't mention one of which one of my friends is a big Winnie Cooper fan and may or may not have been inter- buying her books because uh, she was like a math whiz or something like that. And I know who that friend books. is, by the way. Yeah, but we won't give him a, we won't give him a shout out. We will give uh, some others. Although I understand a lot of and again, you know, I want to say there were a lot of people from out of town who flew in for this game um, and got a chance to see it. Connolly, Connor, no Connolly, our friend. From Alberta, he was here with his dad. He got a chance to see it. Um, folks will remember him from years past. And uh, a friend from BC, Chris, was here with his kids, got into a practice, and managed to take them to today's game and got a, a good experience. So uh, I hear there was a little name drop. There may have been a name drop. There may have been a, na- a, a name drop. I'm not going to say too much because I don't want to encourage anyone else, but Chris did name drop Dave M and somehow that's what you do. You just, you, if you're at Canada life center and you need something, you just say <laughs> Dave Manuk. Those are magical words. Well, Dave I'm is telling- so well liked at Canada life center. Everybody knows him. The security guards, the concession staff, moose management, moose players, just say Dave Manuk. And the world is at your fingertips. Well, I hope not. Don't, don't, don't encourage that sort of behavior. I don't know want people. I, I didn't know that, that this was going to be happening, but ultimately uh, a lot of, a lot right of folks... now is just running down Portage Avenue yelling, Dave Manuke! <laughs> let's, let's hope not. But anyways, look, uh, the fact is, um, we, you know, I think a lot of people got a chance and we're, we're seeing like a little bit of a bigger crowd in the last couple of games. We'll see if that, that tradition or that continues on. Just but, one more uh, thing on the wonder years. Sure. Jay's talking about Josh Saviano who played Paul. Who was that Kevin was the, the yeah. That rumor about Marilyn Manson. It's not true, though. No, it's no, but it was. You know, it it is. It is. And and the razor blades at uh, Skinner's Wet and Wild. Oh yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. Anybody from Manitoba? People from Manitoba won't get that one. (laughs) Spencey says, "I always say I'm Dave Manuk when the cops stop me." I have have a number of cop friends, so that would be wouldn't be a bad thing. Uh, You could just drop some names. Another Uh, whopper for the copper. Yeah, but. If you, uh, hopefully you don't say that. I don't, I, hopefully you don't get stopped by the cops, Spency. That's, that's the more important thing. And thank you, Bardot. I don't know that everyone loves me, but some folks love me. So that's, that's always How could nice. you not As, love Dave? That's what I want to, I want to say. Like, I realize I'm stealing a line from Seinfeld, but yeah. How could, how could you not like Dave? Like, what's there not to like? <laughs> well, there's a few things I'm sure. But anywho, um, although it is funny, I will say whenever you go to Skinner's now, Talking about uh, water slides. Whenever you go into Lockport and you go to Skinner's, it's very weird not to see the water slide yes. there anymore. Now that it's been, well, taken, I'm pretty sure I mean, that like people they had like a sale, and like they were auctioning off like pieces of the water slide and and stuff like yeah. that. All I know is I never went to Skinner's. Like I had a friend who always had a birthday party in July. His birthday was before mine. Everybody knows, obviously, my birthday is July 24th. July 24th. Same birthday as Patrice Bergeron, Anna Paquin, and J-Lo. No big deal. Barry Bonds. It's like the best birthday <laughs> ever. But so my friend Anthony Johnston, I don't know if he's going to like me mentioning his name. He lives in New York now, and he's not a hockey fan. But he always used to have his birthday on July 23rd at Fun Mountain. Yeah. And I loved, obviously, the dragon and everything like that. But what I don't miss is that hot tub which had probably more urine per capita than, than any other uh, pool on planet Earth. You remember that hot tub, Dave. You know what oh, I'm talking about. 
I do. I do. I'm not, I've never been a, I've never been a hot tub guy, probably because of that, that you're well, Spencey cool. is a hot tub guy. And I, I I'm well, sure he's going to chime probably, in with the comment here. Yeah. I mean, Spencey's Spencey's hot tub is the exception to the rule, of course, but, but the hot tub of the Skinner's era as probably a different, uh, different situation. I, it's funny. I, I was, I guess as a North Ender, I was more inclined to go to, um, more inclined to go to uh, Skinner's than I was to Fun Mountain. Fun Mountain and uh, and what was the other thing right beside Fun Mountain that um, oh, the nest? Tinkertown. Tinkertown. I took my kids to Tinkertown. Uh, when was that? August. And yeah. uh, Adam Big Hill was there with his kids. Do you think that? Do you think that Adam Big Hill is sitting there and going, "Hey, that's Ezra Ginsburg from the Illegal Curve Hockey Show"? Absolutely not. Oh, but my kids love Adam Big Hill. He's their favorite player because Ruben is four. And he his long story short, Ruben had a blue bomber shirt, and there was a stain. I think it was yogurt. So for the Great <laughs> Cup, he he didn't have his blue bomber shirt. So he had a a little blue shirt that had a number four because he turned four back in August. Yeah. And Naomi uh, in marker drew a W on it. So I told him that Adam Big Hill was number four. So both my kids just kept screaming Adam Big Hill during the Great Cup. So it was pretty funny. Very nice. Very nice. Well. Um, oh, we got to get to the tough duck heart. I, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, we've just been, we've been talking, chat, chatting it up about, you know, water slides, water parks, Winnipeg, potpourri, you're in Manitoba tub. stuff. Yeah. You're in tub, a lot of different things, but we do have the tough duck hardest hitting comments. So as I'm presuming you're ready, you've got it ready to go. Oh, I'm ready. Okay. Well then let's get it on right now. The tough duck hardest hitting comment. The tough duck hardest hitting comment. Lots of great comments, as always. Spencey, you will get your toque, just not today. We're going to give it to Patrick, and I apologize if I'm mispronouncing this, but Gwazd? Sure. Fine out there, got an apple, took his eye off the puck behind Onet late in the game, and Jets got caved in. Other than that, just fine. We talked about it earlier. Samberg and, and Chisholm were on the ice for the first goal scored by Connor Bedard. Obviously, you know, a bad turnover by Sandberg, but he redeems himself by picking up the primary assist on Cole Perfetti's goal. And obviously Chisholm gets the secondary assist on Perfetti's goal. But we talked about it. Just under 13 minutes of ice time for Chisholm, um, you know, played really well. And, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say that Chisholm stays in the lineup and plays mm. Carolina. Obviously, it's going to be Nate Schmidt or Declan Chisholm. But I'm going to say, Dave, that he did enough to impress Rick Bonus, Scott Arneal, and the coaching staff and he's going to stay in the lineup. So Patrick, send me an email, Ezra, E-Z-R-A, at IllegalCurve.com, one word, with your mailing address info, and Tough Duck will ship out a toque to you. Even though there is barely any snow, it's December 2nd, and yeah. there's barely any snow on the ground here in uh, Manitoba and elsewhere, mm -hmm. uh, you still need a toque because it is it is chilly. Well, so it's congrats, interesting Patrick. Congrats, Patrick, and and he he gave you a thumbs up. So apparently, you said a good. You you did well on on the last name pronunciation, Ezra. Well done. But I mean, I think that could have just a, been a thumbs up because he's happy that he won a toque. Oh, that's a good point. T. Kona Pauly got fired from Tinkertown when he was 15 for missing shifts and going to the Tubes concert. <laughs> Way to go, T. Kona. That's such a amazing. Get that story. comment up. Where's that comment? I'll try to find it. Yeah, there, just find it. It wasn't that far. Caps lock too from T. Kona Pauly. There we go. Well, Tico and Pauly mean you have something in common because, I mean, it doesn't matter now because I'm grown up and I have a full-time job with Hockey Manitoba, but I was fired from the River Heights Community Center Canteen when I was 15 years old 
because Kelvin, I went to Kelvin High School and Clippers games were always at River Heights Community Center, home games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I knew obviously everybody on the team and, and, you know, everybody that watched and stuff like that. I'm a popular guy, no big deal. So what I used to do is I used to give, I would be like, yeah, come back here and take some candy or, you know, uh, <laughs> you know have some nachos or something like that. And there's always the winter carnival and I got fired before my shift. I showed up for my shift to the winter carnival and there was a note saying that uh, you in the canteen aren't quite working out. So it was a bit of a short-lived stint at the River Heights Community Center canteen. Yeah. T. Conapoli and I have that in common. He was fired from Tickertown. So, you know, maybe, I, maybe T. Conapoli and I can, you know, have a beer one day and talk about our, you know, stories. I, I, was, beer, I, I was also fired from Safeway, but that's a different story. I was never fired. I was removed from power. My authority was removed, although it backfired on them. Centennial School, shout out to Centennial School, just nice. off Main Street, although it's now no longer there. Uh, hashtag asbestos. But the fact is that uh, I was, I used to be a bus patrol, but I was nailed for uh, unfortunately abusing my power. As I, I was, I was, I had my head was like f- full of power. So I, but what they did was they didn't fire me because I think I was in grade five, but they removed me to, from from bus patrol to kindergarten patrol. But little did they know. Out of the corner of Maine and, and uh, Leela, for all you North Enders, a little place called Windsor Foods, where I would pick up candy, go back to school. I dropped, I wouldn't even pay attention if the kids got back to their house. I'd be like, oh, yeah, you're fine. Go into Windsor Food, pick up candy, go back to school. And I was like, I'm handing out candy. I should have been running for school president. I would want everything. Because, uh, yes, so they're, they're, they're trying to remove me from power. Backfired. I actually got more. Uh- I'm not trying to one-up you here, Dave, but I was also, I mean, apparently I was fired from a lot of things yeah. because I was a patrol at Robert H. Smith School, and then they <laughs> took away my little uh, orange vest because I probably mouthed off to somebody. But yeah. the reason why that was so hard is I'm not sure what your patrol situation was at your school, Yeah. but every Monday, I remember, all the patrols would go to Saints Roller Rink. Yes, that's how old I am that I'm talking about roller skating. The patrols would go roller skating to Saints Roller Rink Everybody would talk about it. This was in grade six, I believe. Yeah. And because I was kicked off the patrols, I didn't get to go to Saints Roller Rink. So everybody else got to go around and roller skate and listen to New Kids on the Block and all the hot tunes. I had to stay home. Wow. See, as if you were North Ender, you would have gone to Wheelies, but it's all good. Well, Wheelies was better from what I remember. Wheelies was was better than Saints. Yeah. Wheelies was. Where was Saints? I don't even remember. What area of the city was that? Fort Gary? Yeah. think so i don't know i never went i was uh, i was only the, went to wheelies the roller skating rink that was across like that was near portage and sherbrooke remember that one uh, honestly uh, richardson a, I, college for the environment now somebody in the chat can help me out there was a roller skating rink <laughs> portage portage and langside i believe oh well anyways let's let's just i mean we we're, we're as as tracy yeah. just acknowledged your board is, is mentioning it's near gateway arena pardon yeah, me, that's, what yeah. that's what i thought that's what i thought that's Fort gary yeah. Like Fort Gary industrial area. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just quickly, though, because you, you made a, uh, a, a Ginsburg guarantee about Declan Chisholm playing the next game. These are the comments from Rick Bonus, courtesy of our friend Connor Horebchuk. He said, um, I thought he was very confident and poised with the puck, and that's what we wanted him to do tonight. He skates well, we know that, but he was confident with the puck. The plays he made were the right play. He didn't make the wrong play. Sometimes when you're under pressure, you give your problems to somebody else, and you're passing it to the wrong guy. He passed it to the right guy. So, I mean, it's, it's, you know, again, it, it, Stu, matches... you're talking about Magic Land, by the way. Oh, those were, that was, I mean, that was I... the arcade on Portage near U of W. Yeah, that was Magic a classic. Land. Yep. Golden Axe, some really good games back in the day. But, anyways, we could, we could, hey, if you guys want, we'll digress all day, all night. I mean, no Mindell means 
there's nobody saying nobody poo-pooing us unless it's Pustain who's in the chat, but nobody's poo-pooing us, uh, telling us to wrap it up. So there's no fun in Mandel. No, that is true. That is true. Uh, what else says? Well, we've got, of course, the recap is going to be on illegalcurve.com. We will have the coaches comments on our YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribing. And you know, for the record, when you watch those videos on our YouTube channel, and I'm, if you'll notice this year, we've been at almost every practice. We do have all the chats where well, you specifically, one, Dave, I got to well, give I, you a lot of credit because I haven't gone to any practices this year. I'm not able to, but, but uh, props to you. Cause I think you've gone to almost every single one of them. We're, we're a collective. That's why I use our, or we as he, but the fact of the matter is that if you can smash a like on those videos when you're watching them and, and, and listening to them. And, uh, that always helps as well. Whew, it has been a long show, but I think it is time to tell frosty to queue up our sponsors because it's time to thank them. Remember, of course, Oh, look at this right on time as frosty. Got to thank frosty. He does it. He always has it ready. We'll get that up there. Because we want to give a thanks, a big thank you to all of the sponsors of the Illegal Curve who make the post-game show, the Saturday show, and the website a possibility. They are Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Linden Market Dental Center, Zappia Group Realty, Betway, Tough Duck, Boston Pizza, Seagram's, Rolly's Transfer, and Farmery Beer. Oh, there we go. There's, and Fireball, of course. Support these fine businesses because of their continued support of Illegal Curve hockey. Okay, this bottle's well, actually getting like close to the end, Dave. It was it was kind of half full for a while, but now it's getting to I'd say it's only a third full now. So we've done. A, I mean, this is a one liter bottle too. So I think we've done yeah, a pretty good job. We did here. a good job, but there's there may or may not be another one or two in the in the uh, in the old medicine cabinet oh, as wow. so you can uh, reserves. I like it. You do, you do. So, anyways, we Perry wants us to to have some IC jackets. We well, well maybe we'll talk about that. Where it doesn't look like IC gear is going to well, come. In honor of my dad, we would do the Canadian tuxedo. I mean, if we're doing jackets, we're doing denim. We're doing it right. We're doing it proper. Well, we could do a John Lou style because every once in a while, I always forget. John Lou, of course, had the suit made, but it's like a sweatsuit. Like his tailor actually made a sweatsuit that looks like a suit. So it's it's like you're literally wearing sweatpants, but it looks like a suit. So it's uh, it's pretty significant. Anywho, whew, it's been a long day. It's been a long, uh, exciting day. But uh, again, we'll be back at you. We've got illegalcurve.com. You can, if you didn't mat- catch this morning's show, that's two hours of Jets talk. The Jets Hawks Hawk stuff, you can skip past that. We did a lot of other conversation about the Jets. Did I like some what really disgruntled, good stuff. disgruntled wheat said too. Acid wash. Oh yeah, those are those are classic. Yeah. Very um, 90s. What's that? Very 90s. Yeah, 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 exactly. Very early 90s. But the point is that uh, as he derailed my thought, but I was going to say that we did. You can. Um, what was I saying? As he was talking about, the, I was about to talk about the moose. Good moose content. Thanks to our friend Daniel Fink play-by-play voice of the Matamon Moose who joined us from 10.30 till almost 11. So if you want to catch up on the latest with the Jets prospects, you can either go see them live tomorrow. That puck drop is at 2 o'clock, or you can listen to today's show. And then, uh, <laughs> not regular acid, uh, Spency. We don't encourage that sort of thing. No. But um, Only you can pops. check out the Moose game. 2 o'clock, they'll have a rematch with the Ice Hogs tomorrow afternoon and then they're on the road they'll be here for a few days then they head out to calgary probably later in the week i'm guessing thursday or friday and um and then they're back and we'll have more tickets for giveaway in the ic zone that's coming your way in a couple of weeks when the jets are back and the moose are back so lots of hockey coming your way we'll have lots of hockey this week of course like i said the jets play carolina on monday 
We don't know about the practice schedule. I think right now they're scheduled to practice 11. If they do, we'll be there and we'll have, I'll have that covered before I head over to the Moose game. So make sure you keep it locked to our YouTube channel. Make sure you keep it locked to illegalcurve.com. Make sure you've smashed the like before you head out for the rest of your Saturday night. We appreciate you spending your Saturday morning with us on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. We appreciate you spending your Saturday evening, which it now is, Ezra. And we appreciate us. Drew deciding to take tonight's post-game show off. Well, it was a lot more fun. Illegal Curve post-game show. And uh, we hope you have the rest of, you enjoy the rest of your Saturday night, the rest of your weekend. And join us on Monday. For another version, the 24th version of the Illegal Curve post-game show. All right, everyone, have a good night, and we'll talk to you on Monday. Peace. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.